Chapter 5. Welcome to Warlocks and Workouts. In the last chapter, you stole a gleaming white gem scale from Grisamond the Warlock. The old man wasn't too happy about that. After a tense battle, the Warlock fell down a deep, dark pit and his creepy bone golem disintegrated. You considered escaping back to civilization, but it's clear that if you leave now, the remaining Warlocks will continue with their plan to summon Vostok the Devourer. If that succeeds, there won't be much of a civilization to get back to. You can't let that happen. Now you're standing in the middle of the Temple of Mohau's first chamber. You prepare to jog lightly in place as you look around. In three, two, one, go. You jog on the spot as you take in the chamber. One, two, one, two. It's a huge room lined with burning torches, and all around the outside of the room are dark alcoves leading to locked doors with symbols on them. Some are so choked with spiderwebs that they must have been locked for centuries. The battle with the bone golem left you stiff and sore, so as you debate which door to take, you prepare to warm up by doing jumping jacks. Ready? Go! Jumping jacks help you work the stiffness from your shoulders. One, two, one, two. You look around the room, trying to pick a door and notice that one looks like it's been recently used. The key grinds in the lock and the door swings open, revealing a rough stairway winding down into the darkness. The stairs are choked with dust and vines. You prepare to switch to butt kicks as you move to keep your feet from getting tangled. In three, two, one, go. You head down the stairway with butt kicks. One, two, one, two. The creepers grow thicker, hanging from the walls like heavy curtains and dripping dark sap. You reach the bottom of the stairs and find yourself in a winding stone hallway. Footsteps echo further down the hall. You prepare to hide by pressing against the wall in a wall sit. Three, two, one, go. You push against the wall in a wall sit, keeping your back straight and your knees bent at 90 degrees. The vines are so dense, they almost form a shield for you to hide behind, and you notice that the vines are pushing through cracks in the stone walls. This whole area of the temple must be overgrown. The footsteps come closer. You hold your position amongst the vines. 20 seconds. Two goblins in leather armor appear from the gloom. One wears a thick leather jerkin and carries a lantern. The other is squat and has war paint on its face. Each has a club hanging from their belts. The guards pass without noticing you. You switch back to butt kicks in three, two, one, go. You move onward down the stone hallway using butt kicks to move silently between the vines. One, two, one, two. The air smells strange, all earthy and full of sap. It's like being back in the jungle, except for the darkness. Spires, you can hardly see anything. A vine crunches beneath your boot. Your pulse quickens as you hear the goblin's footsteps pause, then grow louder as they double back. You prepare to hide amongst the hanging vines by switching to a wall sit. Three, two, one, Go! You press back against the wall in a wall set, holding still. Maybe if you stay silent, they'll walk past. The goblins come closer. The jerkin-wearing goblin kneels down to track the vines you've crushed. The two murmur in screechy goblin voices, then set the lantern down on the floor nearby and pull their clubs from their belts. 25 seconds. You keep holding your wall set, hoping you're pressed into the darkness enough for them to miss you. The goblins peer into the shadows, yammering all the while. The war-painted goblin stops. It's staring at the toes of your boots. In the lantern light, they look like two dark blobs on the floor. The goblin jumps back in surprise, screeching for its friend. 
No point in hiding anymore. Two, one, break. The two goblins dance around and raise their clubs, screeching furiously. You look for a way past, but the goblins are blocking your path, and the vines to your left and right are tangled like nets. Pushing through them would only get you tied up. The war-painted goblin leaps at you, dropping you both to the ground. You land on your back with the goblin straddling you. It raises its club, and you prepare to shake it off with sit-ups. Three, two, one, go. You begin sit-ups. One and two. One and two. The goblin is desperate, trying to bash your head in, but your sit-ups keep throwing it off balance. It tries to club you in the face, but the wooden club only glances off your shoulder. Fifteen seconds. You hear the goblin in the leather jerkin cheering as its buddy struggles to stay on top of you. It flails its club over its head before screeching in frustration and falling backwards to the floor. Three, two, one, break. The goblin gets to its feet and growls. You jump up too and take a moment to catch your breath. The goblin in the jerkin has grabbed the lantern and is waving it up and down like it's trying to attract help from someone further down the hallway. You've got to take these guards down fast. The war-painted goblin rushes at you, waving its fists. You raise your hands, square your shoulders, and prepare to fight the goblin with quick, continuous punches. Three, two, one, go. You keep your punches quick. One, two, one, two. The goblin attacks you with wild swings, but your reach is longer. You pull your fists back and guard your face to prevent the goblin from grabbing hold. The war-painted goblin gets one lucky punch in, bruising your ribs, but you don't slow down. A blow to the jaw makes the goblin snarl, and it leaps towards you again. You prepare to switch into sit-ups to shake it loose in three, two, one, go. You begin sit-ups, one and two, one and two, making sure to keep your core tight. The goblin wobbles and drops its wooden club. It screeches in outrage and tries to claw your throat, but its aim is thrown off by your sit-ups. Sharp claws scrape your cheek, but don't draw blood. 15 seconds. The war-painted goblin shrieks helplessly as each sit-up sends it flopping back and forth. Finally, it slips off and tumbles into a set of tangled vines. Three, two, one, break. You stand up and take a drink of water. The war-painted goblin is all tied up in the vines, thrashing uselessly, but its buddy is still upright. The leather of its oversized jerkin hangs over its legs like a little shield. You and the goblin circle each other, your footsteps echoing off the stone walls. You watch the goblin's eyes. It's looking for an opening. The goblin suddenly rushes you. The club is whistling down. You prepare to begin straight punches in three, two, one, go. You square up and start punching hard and fast. One, two, one, two. The goblin raises its club and waddles towards you, slowed by its heavy leather armor. 20 seconds. You dodge a few wild swings and punch the goblin in the ribs. The goblin stumbles, dropping the club, but it doesn't seem to feel the blow through the jerkin. The goblin bares its teeth and rushes at you, knocking you to the floor. You prepare to switch to sit-ups in three, two, one, go. You begin sit-ups, one and two, one and two, trying to throw the goblin off you. The goblin is a solid weight on your chest thanks to the leather jerkin. It swipes at you, trying to sink its sharp claws into your clothes. Its shrieks of anger echo off the walls. Fifteen seconds. You maintain your rhythm. One and two. The goblin sways, unable to balance. It swipes one last time, twists, and with a howl of rage, tips off your chest completely. 
break. You get to your feet, shake out your hands and take a quick drink. The goblet circles, fists up, ready to fight. Its companion is still tangled in the vines, but its struggles have only made the situation worse. The goblin wearing the jerkin comes towards you. It seems to sway beneath the weight of its leather jerkin. Sweat gleams on its forehead as it retrieves its club from the floor. You square up and prepare to resume straight punches in three, two, one, go. The goblin rushes you and you punch out. One, two, one, two. Your attacks are fast and hard and you keep your breathing steady. The guard slams its club into your side, but you don't lose your rhythm. 15 seconds. You land a flurry of hits on its head and it reels back. Then, with a high-pitched screech and a burst of energy, the goblin leaps at you, knocking you to the floor. You prepare to switch into sit-ups in three, two, one, go. The armored goblin sits on your chest, raising the club high overhead, clenched in its dirty claws. You complete sit-ups, one and two, one and two. The goblin wobbles, trying and failing to keep its balance. 20 seconds. You tighten your core as you move, and the goblin flails wildly. It screeches and hurls its club at your head. The club smashes into the stone inches from your ear, bounces back, and thwacks the goblin in the face. Its eyes roll back in its head. Three, two, one, break. You push the snoring goblin off you, take a drink, and head down the stone corridor. It ends with two tall steel doors. One looks reinforced and has no handle. The other swings open at a touch. You step through into a long hallway lit by faintly glowing lanterns. The walls are rough gray stone with vines twining from gaps in the mortar and the cobblestone floor is hidden beneath a carpet of moss. About a hundred yards ahead, the hall bends to the right. The door swings closed behind you. You hear locks click. You try the door, but it's sealed tight. The only way out is to push forward. You take one step onto the cobblestone and feel them clunk underfoot. Mechanisms whir and blades slash out from thin gaps in the wall, scything across the hall at ankle height. You set your sights on the end of the hall and prepare to evade the blades using jumps in three, two, one, go. You start jumping, bringing your knees up to avoid the blades. Jump, jump. The blades slice out from the walls rhythmically and you bounce with the same pace, keeping your knees bent to jump again the moment you land. There's a section of cobblestone halfway down the hall lit by hanging lanterns. The blades don't cut across that part of the corridor. 10 seconds. You feel blades whoosh beneath you, skimming the undersides of your boots. Almost there. Three, two, one, break. You stop to catch your breath. The hallway ahead looks safe, but as you shake out your legs, you feel stones click underfoot. A mechanism clunks, and the same slashing ankle-height blades slide out from the walls of the upcoming hallway. The next safe space you can see is about 50 yards away, where the hall bends to the right. You watch the ancient spinning blades getting used to their steady timing, then prepare to resume jumps in three, two, one, go. You leap down the hall, avoiding the blades swooshing out from the walls. Jump, jump, the blades lash out close enough that you can see your reflection in the steel as they pass beneath you. Jump! You keep your breathing steady, bringing your knees up to avoid the blades. 10 seconds. You're almost to the bend in the hall now, where the stones look bright and polished by the boots of travelers. You focus on reaching safety and keep jumping. Three, two, one, break. You round the bend and take in the hallway before you. 
It's also about 100 yards long and ends in another bend, this time to the left. More vines hang from the walls like thick green curtains. Horizontal saw blades are already slashing across the first half of the hall, but there's a safe spot at the halfway mark where someone's left a frayed rug patched with moss. You set your sights on that area of safety and prepare to resume jumps in three, two, one, go. You jump across the hall, bringing your legs up as the blades whip out from the walls. Jump, jump. They're higher now, almost slashing at your knees. You keep your rhythm, bouncing into each jump smoothly and throwing your hands up for extra height. 15 seconds. You're almost at the moss-covered rug. You bend your knees as you land and spring smoothly into your next jump. Dust sifts down from the ceiling as you approach the safe spot. Three, two, one, break. You land on the rug. Before you can catch your breath, you hear a click and a whirring above you. Suddenly, blades slash down from the ceiling. You prepare to drop into a left side plank in three, two, one, go. You get down into a left side plank with your feet stacked and your core tight. Long blades chop down from above. Now that you're looking up, you can see the long slits in the ceiling where the blades were concealed. 15 seconds. The long blades flash past, splitting the rug in half. One passes an inch from your face and the other carves through the air just behind you. You finally hear mechanisms click and lock into place and the blades retract upward. Three, two, one, break. You stand up on the now ruined rug and take a drink. You're halfway through this section of hall now. There aren't any blades ahead that you can see, but you don't trust it one bit. You hate to admit it, but whoever built this place knew how to kill adventurers. Despite the hall being so ancient and overgrown with vines, the traps still work so smoothly. You shake out your legs and prepare to resume jumps in three, two, one, go. The moment you jump off the rug, gears click and blades slash out. Jump, jump. You jump smoothly as the blades pass just beneath your feet. You keep your focus dead ahead on the end of the hall where the passage bends to the left. The stones there are also shiny, polished by the boots of whoever came here before. You get your knees as high as possible and a blade passes a hair's width under your toes. You're almost to the bend. Three, two, one, break. You land on the shiny cobblestones and look around the corner. Blades are already whirring across to the next section of corridor. About 50 yards ahead, the hall ends at a steel door, but it's completely blocked by spinning blades hanging from the ceiling. In the left-hand wall, just near the door, is a small wooden hatch. There's no way to tell where it leads, or if it opens. Only one way to find out. You prepare to resume jumps in three, two, one, go. You leap into action, jumping down the final stretch of hallway to your goal. Jump, jump. Blades whip out, slicing through the thick green vines dangling from the walls. You're prepared, throwing your hands up for extra height and pulling your knees to your chest. 10 seconds. You're only a few yards away from the hatch when you see the glimmer of metal shift in the ceiling. You prepare to land your final jumps and switch into a right side plank in three, two, one, go. You drop to your right side, keeping your core tight as blades slash down from the ceiling. You look at the wooden hatch in the wall. It's old and definitely hiding a crawl space. You take note of how the blades swing in a steady rhythm, leaving gaps in between each swoosh of steel. If you're fast, 
you'll be able to slip inside before the blades catch you. You prepare to dive through the hatch and switch into a bear crawl in three, two, one, go. You slip through the blades and bear crawl into the tunnel behind the hatch. One and two, one and two. The hatch bangs closed behind you as you move onward. The crawl space is carved out of stone. The ceiling is low and you keep your hands under your shoulders and your back horizontal. 15 seconds. There's a faint light ahead and you can see the tunnel opens up just ahead. You push on, moving over the moss-covered stone towards the exit. Three, two, one, break. You tumble out of the crawl space, stand up and take a drink. You're in a narrow wall cavity with just enough space to move sideways. Light comes through cracks in the wall. You squint through one of the cracks and see a medium-sized room on the other side. Wooden barrels are stacked against the walls, and several tall glass cases stand in the middle of the room. A door near the wall creaks open, and a tall woman in a long black robe steps through. Behind her are four goblins working together to lift a big wooden barrel. Gently, the woman orders. You'd hate to disappoint a sorceress, wouldn't you? She wears a gold necklace decorated with a huge green gemstone, identical to the gem scale you stole from Grisman, except for the color. The sorceress weaves her way through the mess of barrels, headed for the far end of the room. You prepare to follow her through the thin wall cavity by using right side lunges in three, two, one, go. You move through the thin space using deep side lunges, always keeping your back straight. One, and two. One and two. The walls are gray stone and warm to the touch, and the floor is scattered with junk. You have to step carefully over pieces of stone and bits of old machinery. You hear the sorceress's voice echoing. Every experiment brings us one step closer. It will begin with Vostok, but what happens after his reign of fire? We regrow the world, of course. Three, two, one, break. You catch your breath and peer through another crack. The sorceress stands beside a collection of tall glass cases. The largest cases have thin green vines growing inside. Fat red flower bulbs hang from those vines. It might be a trick of the light, but it looks like those bulbs are glowing. The sorceress pats the glass case. Tomorrow, she croons. Tomorrow? You'll own the whole world. She starts walking again. You prepare to follow using right side lunges in three, two, one, go. You resume lunges. One and two. One and two. Keeping pace with the sorceress. Wooden pipes suspended from ropes run above you, rattling as water rushes through them. The air is humid and beads of condensation drip onto your forehead. This is only a small part of the process, she says, the rejuvenation of the world. But you wouldn't understand that, would you? Your tiny brains can't comprehend what we're trying to achieve. You're approaching the end of the cavity and another crack in the wall. Three, two, one, break. You peek through and see the sorceress beside a giant iron vat covered in heavy canvas. The canvas is secured with thick rope. Behind her is a tall door without a handle. 
Sleep, little ones. You're not ready yet. There's a hole in the wall down by your feet. You kneel down and realize it's another crawl space leading underneath the room, all the way to the opposite wall. You prepare to bear crawl in three, two, one, go. You bear crawl through the crawl space. One and two. One and two. You see a grill in the ceiling about halfway along that'll let you peek up into the room. You can hear the sorceress talking above you. I'll be back before long. Don't touch my experiments. They're too dangerous for little folk like you. A door slams. Then comes the excited chatter of goblins and the clattering of boots as they rush around the room. You're approaching the grill above you. Three, two, one, break. You look up through the grill and see goblins bickering at one another as they start peeking inside barrels and tapping on the tall glass cases around the room. Another tears away at the canvas, uncovering the vat with a shriek of triumph. It creeps up to the vat, peers inside, and stops. Several other goblins arrive beside it and look into the vat. The color drains from their faces and the room goes silent. Something is missing. You prepare to resume bear crawls in three, two, one, go. You bear crawl onward towards the end of the low tunnel. One and two, one and two. You hear goblins rushing around overhead. Wood crunches as barrels are torn open followed by the creaking of crossbow strings being frantically pulled back. Whatever got out of that vat really has the goblin spooked. 10 seconds. You see the crawl space opens up just ahead into a space tall enough to stand upright. You keep moving steadily, listening to the panic above. Three, two, one, break. You stand up in another stone wall cavity and grab a drink before finding a crack in the wall and peering through into the room. It's chaos in there. Goblins are running back and forth, shrieking. One fires a crossbow bolt that ricochets off the ceiling, but you can't see what it's aiming at. The goblins that don't have weapons are vanishing out the door. You prepare to ease through the wall cavity using left side lunges in three, two, one, go. You begin lunges to your left side. One and two. One and two. You hear the last of the goblins running and the door slams behind them. You relax a little, knowing you have the place to yourself. Or do you? The skin on your neck crawls. You hear muffled clicking in the room, then the distinct tink, tink of sharp claws on metal. You're about halfway to the end of the wall cavity, and now your legs are burning. Three, two, one, break. You stand up and shake out your legs then freeze. From the room, you hear a distinct metallic scrape like a grill being peeled open. There's a pause, then that clicking noise returns, echoing, but no longer muffled. You look around. At the end of the wall cavity is a hatch you can bust through. You don't know where it leads, but it might be your only way out of this mess. You prepare to resume left side lunges in three, two, one, go. You continue lunges to the left, going deep with each step. One and two. One and two. The clicking is following you, and now that you're getting closer to the hatch, you can make out a deep shadow behind you. Something black, the size of a hunched over man, but with way too many insect-like legs. 
You're almost to the hatch, but it looks like it's been nailed shut. You prepare to switch to low front kicks to bust it open in three, two, one, go. You start kicking the hatch, driving your heel into the metal. You alternate feet, driving out hard, always making sure to plant your weight so you don't fall on your butt. One, two, one, two. The hatch bends and splinters, but the nails hold firm. You look back and see that black shape approaching. It moves clumsily through the shadows, hitting cogs and pipes. Click, click, 25 seconds. As it grows closer, you can see that even though the creature is man-sized, it's not human. It has a hard, angled carapace like a giant beetle. You kick harder. One, two, one, two. Feeling the hatch bend beneath your boots, the clicking grows closer and louder. Three, two, one, and the hatch snaps open. Done. You dive through the small gap, feeling claws scrape at the cuffs of your trousers. You stand up on the other side and jump back from the hatch and see long claws reach through the hatch, trying to find you before retracting. The clicking becomes frantic and hungry. Whatever's on the other side, it's too big to get through, it seems. You roll across the rough stone and stand up, realizing you've arrived in some sort of side tunnel. The walls are all bare rock, and the ceiling drips with condensation. Up ahead is a set of stairs winding downward, illuminated by a flickering torch on the wall. There's a metal door in the right-hand wall with no handle. You guess the sorceress left the storage room, came through here and down the stairs, but there's no way to know for sure without checking it out yourself. The clicking grows louder. You don't think you have much time before that creature is loose. You swallow your trepidation and head down the wall in search of the sorceress and her gem scale. End of chapter five. Hi, Adam here. Thanks for listening to this chapter. If you like it, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend or gave us a rating. Join us on our Discord at warlocksandworkouts.com discord. Or unlock all chapters and new stuff by becoming a patron at warlocksandworkouts.com patreon. Narration by Joshua Alt and authoring help by Christopher Ruz. Thanks and see you next time.